When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview Sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Kevin Eikenberry, author of the best-selling book, The Long Distance Teammate, Stay Engaged and Connected While Working Anywhere. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Seth. All right. So even before the coronavirus hit, obviously your book became much more timely and much more popular, but remote work was growing at nearly 30% a year before then. Um, What got you started pursuing this path? Well, uh, first of all, I've, I've been leading a hybrid team for over a decade. So we've been living it. And um, we, st- we formed the Remote Leadership Institute about six years ago because we knew that that trend was in place. And so from a business perspective, we felt like it was a good place to be. And I bought the, I bought the business from a colleague uh, who was in that virtual communication space, brought that together with our leadership content and expertise and formed the Remote Leadership Institute. And we're, we're building that part of our business for some period of time. And then along came Corona. Uh, and, uh, you know, and so, and I'm not talking about the beer, obviously, right? And uh, so- You're all week. Exactly. So, so do you have that as a sponsor? You need to get that as a sponsor real quick. So. That would be um, awesome. Anyway, so, you know, we, we were already there. We were, we were working with organizations on that long before. And then, and, be, and, and, and we were living it ourselves, so- that makes a lot of sense. 
obviously it's become much more prevalent now with Corona. So how has Corona changed remote work from your perspective? Cause you guys were doing it before coaching, training on it before what has changed since then? Well, a couple of things have changed. There Pre-pandemic, there were the number one requested perk from people was to be able to work from home once in a while. Well, that's no longer a requested perk. Now it's like an expectation, right? Now it's like, if I'm not going to have that, you might not be seeing me working for you anymore, right? So and not for everybody, but for many. And so uh, one of the things that's changed is obviously it's far more prevalent. It's far more recognized. It's, uh, but I think the biggest thing is organizations, leaders, business owners that are really hoping to bring everybody home, back to the office, if you will. Uh, if you're, if you're expecting that, you know, okay, when Delta virus, Delta variant's over, we'll bring everybody back so it can be like it used to be. Let me just tell you straight up. It's never going to be like it used to be ever again. This is the biggest change in the, in the way business gets done of my, our lifetimes. The only two things close were the introduction of the PC in the workplace and the, in the widespread use of the internet. And both of those are huge. But both of those happened over a much longer time period than this. We sent everybody home. And so everybody, whether they liked it or not, has 18 months plus of experience at working from home or working in some sort of hybrid mode. And so to expect everyone to come back and be the way it used to be is just folly because we've all lived something else. We all have this other set of experiences, whether we liked it or not, it's going to change the way we do business. And the businesses and the leaders that become comfortable with that are the ones that are going to succeed, not only in terms of their businesses, but in terms of att attracting and retaining talent. Now, you've been ahead of the curve for a while. To paraphrase, you know, Wayne Gretzky, where do you think the puck is going? What do you think the next shift, next trend, next evolution is? Not of the virus, obviously. We're not, you're not an infectious disease expert, but of the evolution of work. I wouldn't touch that one, even if I were. But what I will say is, I, I think, I think that the watchwords are more hybrid, more flexible, um, and I believe if we do it right and we engage our teams with us to figure out how to do it right, greater productivity. Um, oh, and one more thing more complexity because what comes with being hybrid versus being remote versus being everybody in the office is it's more complex. So it's harder. Um, and it doesn't mean it can't be done. We've been doing it for 10 years, right? It can be done. And I've got a team spread out across the United States. So I, I, I Seth, two weeks ago, I was at a conference and I saw two of my team members for the first time in two years. I mean, physically saw them, you know, you know, waist down right um in real time so uh, you know this can be done it's more complex we have to work at it we have to think about it and i think one of my messages to, to business owners is you don't have to figure it out yourself you don't have to have all the answers no one has all the answers the right answers are to work with your team together to say how can we get great results and help you get what you need personally and professionally. And, and that there's an answer there. And it's going to be different for different people and different organizations. I can't be prescriptive and say, here's what it needs to be for you, because there's like 12 ways hybrid could look. What's going to happen is organizations will try it, and then they'll tweak, and then and they'll learn. And the smart organizations will be the ones that will engage their people in the process of making the transition.
That makes a lot of sense. As leaders, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, how do we lead during these times? How do we help our people and how do we stay on top of it ourselves? Because we also are stressed out. We also have concerns and fears and worries, but I mean, you can't necessarily show all of that to your team necessarily. So what are some of the best leadership practices you're recommending to leaders who are leading during this time? Well, since you sort of ended there, I'll start there. And that is you cannot be at your best for your team if you're not at your best. Self-care is not selfish, right? Oprah used to tell all of her target market, which was women, right, largely, hey, you've got to take care of yourself first. And she was right, and she and it's right for all of us. And you made the comment, like, we can't tell, share with our teams. And we, maybe we can't share everything, but maybe we shouldn't try to be Superman and Superwoman. Maybe we need to be a little more vulnerable because when we put up that facade, then it's less likely that they want to share their stuff with us. And I think, so, so number one, self care. Number two, this is the age of empathy. We have got to figure, we have got to take the time to know where our folks are. Not everyone is feeling the same stuff, right? Not everyone is as worried about the virus itself as others. Not everyone has kids at home. Not everyone has a separate workspace at home. Like everybody's situation is different. And if we don't know what that is, and we don't know how our folks are doing as leaders, we're not doing our job and we're not serving them. And then the third thing I would say, is, so self-care, be empathetic. Number three is everything has to be more intentional because so many things you could communicate before walking down the hall, oh, by the way, and, and things just sort of happened, may not have been perfect, but it happened. Now, everything, we've got to be more purposeful and intentional about everything we do as a leader. Amen to that. So how are you helping, how do you work with leaders and leadership teams to help them manage those transitions? Well, in a variety of ways. Uh, I appreciate you asking that question, Seth, in a variety of ways. So sort of the classic ways people can buy books, longdistanceleaderbook.com, longdistanceteammate.com. Um, we do tons and tons of, of virtual learning experiences, whether that's webinars for large groups, large organizations, whether that's um, more uh, interactive sessions for smaller groups of leaders or entire work teams. So we do a lot of that virtual delivery. We, we have coaching services and we have consulting services to help people very specifically with how do we deal with this in our company? Like the specifics of our industry and the number of our folks we've got and all of those details that we can only talk about in generality here. That makes a lot of sense. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see leaders making nowadays? Uh, assuming slash hoping it's going to go back to the way it used to be is one. Uh, another one is focused so much on the outcomes or the business results that they're not realizing all of the psychological, mental health, uh, individual work-life balance needs. Like there's, there's a balance here, right? So outcomes, leadership is about reaching valuable outcomes with and through others. And if we focus too much on the outcomes and leave the people out of it, we mess up. And if we lean too far to the people without, and, and we lose sight of the outcomes, we miss it too. But right early, people were leaning that way. Now people are starting to drive harder and they're 
missing the signals. They're not paying attention to what their folks are saying or are not saying. And if they haven't paid the price in terms of uh, the turnover tsunami, if you will, uh, they will. This is, a, here's the thing. Anytime something changes, Seth, it's, it's a challenge, it's problems, and it's opportunities. And what I'm really saying is, this is a big opportunity for us as business owners to, to yes, we have to adapt, we have to flex, we may not know exactly what the future holds. It's a huge opportunity for us to maintain talent, to create a broader net. We don't have to find people only in Peoria, Illinois, right? If we're in Peoria, Peoria Illinois, we can my folks are spread across the United States, including Seth, someone who lives in their RV. Like as long as we can get great outcomes and as long as we can maintain the team that we need to maintain, what does it matter where people live? It does not. You are absolutely right. How have you gotten the word out about the long distance leader? Well, so there's the marketing question, right? Like every way we can coming on podcasts like this, of course, uh, I have um, the great fortune of being an instructor for LinkedIn Learning. So I've got a number of courses on LinkedIn Learning, including one of, on uh, uh, long being a long distance leader, uh, which was one of the most popular in the beginning of last year, no big surprise, across their entire platform, uh, and a number of others, not all in the sort of remote hybrid space. But that's a very powerful way. Certainly books are a way to do that. Certainly creating content in a variety of ways and doing all the, hopefully most of the right things to be seen as a thought leader. And then ultimately delivering good results for clients. Absolutely. What are some of the ways that you're kind of thinking about how everything is changing in terms, and what I mean by that is you've evolved you've been ahead of the you've been ahead of the curve you were remote before remote was mandatory before it was uh, let's, cool right, right let's go back in time a little bit how did you start going remote in the first place i know it was a while ago well we started going remote because um i had uh, we had we had team members that wanted to be some needed to be someplace else wanted to be someplace else and we knew we knew of some people that we wanted to have on our team and, and so I was much more uh, concerned with having the right people than worrying about where they lived. So, I mean, we just, I just made a conscious choice about that about a decade ago. And, um, and you know, we, we sort of never looked back. We added two new team members. The, quite honestly, one of the hardest parts about it is all the details about an, adding people that work in another state and all of that. Yes. We just added two new salespeople. They're both in one state, but it's a new state. So, so um but, you know, so in terms of our business, we just, we just did what worked for us. And, and hopefully since we're in the business of helping leaders get better, I'm, I'm not an awful leader myself. And so hopefully, you know, we've done some things right in that regard. And we've certainly learned a lot for ourselves in that regard. How do you maintain culture across time zones, languages, religious, ethnic, all kinds of different socioeconomic beliefs and backgrounds? Well, so here's the thing. There's the, people say, well, I, I, I want to get the culture we used to have. It, we all have three cultures. You have the one you used to have, the one you have now during the pandemic, and then you have the one you're going to have in the future. The reality is any group of people that is together for any length of time has a culture. Culture exists. All it is is how we do things around here, right? And so the question is, what's the most important question is, what's the one that we want? So if we can identify the culture that we want, 
then we can say, okay, that's the target. Now we can work to start going toward it. And, it, and chances are for you and your organization, it's going to include things like making sure we're building strong relationships, making sure that we are, um, that we're building trust, making sure that we have good, solid communications, protocols, processes, et cetera. And, and so if we start with what, what is the culture that we want, then we can start to say, what do we need to do all of us individually to move in the direction of that? And that involves uh, building new habits, building new sets of expectations, as well as likely building new skills. Who's an ideal client for you? An ideal client for us is an organization that recognizes the value of training and development, that is willing to invest in their people, that is looking for help for their leaders or their teams, probably that is hybrid or remote, but doesn't have to be. So typically what that means is they've got to have the right mindset and interest and, and value in that. And then for most, the most part, um, you know, we've got clients from a hundred employees to, you know, multinationals. And you are an author yourself. What are some of your favorite books that have influenced your career and your own leadership and you can't quote yourself? Oh, I, I wouldn't do that. I'll, I will say this. That people, someone asked me once, what leadership book did I learn the most from? And I said my own. And they looked at me askance. And I said, no, I didn't say the best one. You didn't say the best one. You said the one that influenced me the most. Because what you learn by writing is incredible. Yes. I know that you know that. Um, but but I, I won't say books as much as, as authors. Uh, certainly uh, Jim Kuzis and Barry Posner. Certainly Tom Peters. Uh, we could go right on down a list. Um, certainly the Bible is near the top of my personal list as well. And, and I'm, you know, with a podcast myself and interviewing and, and talking with uh, thought leaders weekly, at least, um, there's a lot of great new content, but it, it's pretty hard to beat things like Dale Carnegie and, and some of those things as well. So, but, but there's, I mean, it's a tremendous, tremendously long list. I'm looking at, I'm looking at my desk right now and I'm seeing the brand new book by Juliet Funt, um, who's the daughter of Alan Funt of Candid Camera fame. And the book is called A Minute to Think. It's a fabulous brand new book. And I could go right on down the list. Awesome. We know your time's incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you spending some with us. Once again, I know you mentioned them earlier, but for our folks who are watching and listening, where is the best place for them to go to get the book and learn more about all things Eikenberry? Well, certainly Amazon, you can get any of, any of our books. Put in my name, Kevin Eikenberry, on Amazon. You can find a whole bunch of stuff, and that'd be a good place to start there. But I, And I would say connect with me on LinkedIn because we're really, really, um, we do a lot there. And I have a weekly newsletter there as well as email newsletters and all other stuff, but just anywhere you can find me anywhere, but specifically related to the stuff we've talked about today, remoteleadershipinstitute.com. All right. This has been Seth Green with Kevin Eikenberry from the Remote Leadership Institute and author of The Long Distance Teammate. Stay engaged and connected while working anywhere. Thank you everybody for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Kevin, thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate it. Anytime. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text pitch to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today.
This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.